0: Hi there, I'm recovering DIY musician Burn Bridges. Welcome to This Song Ruined My Life, where I sit down with friends old and new to discuss songs, bands, and other musical phenomena that have taken over our singular or collective worlds. Today, we're going to dive into the Albiniverse. Hey, welcome to This Song Ruined My Life, the inaugural episode. My guest today is a blue ribbon-holding semi-professional finger skateboarder and an heir to the Kraft Macaroni (laughs) fortune. It's my good bud, Martin Law. (laughs) Hello,
1: Uh, Byrne. It's it's funny you say that. I am related uh, in weird ways to the Heinz fortune.
0: (laughs) Yeah, tell us about that.
1: The Heinz ketchup fortune uh, I, I, I hope I'm allowed to talk about it uh, like one of, We're doing it. it What I like about, um, about A lot of my life Is that I might be lying And I might not be And there's almost no way for people to tell Um, One of, one of my One of my aunts had an affair With somebody who was like In the Heinz ketchup family and i am almost sure this is true um and i'm almost sure it doesn't matter, but then also maybe i'm gonna get like uh taken out by 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 big ketchup um, so like if you never hear from me again
0: oh but, uh, th- that's uh that's what it is. I was trying to think of if hindsight like a mascot um yeah, that I, might come after you. Yeah. <laughs> i don't know if they do they maybe did in like the fifties.
1: Yeah, I'm, I bet it was pretty racist. <laughs> uh, we won't again, speculate. I, I, hope, <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I hope that's not slander. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Any opinions about the Heinz Corporation? <laughs> I'm gonna
1: get you. I'm going you taken out. are purely as well. for
0: entertainment purposes. Um,
1: <laughs> big condiment. Is gonna take you out.
0: Uh, well, Mar- uh, Marta <laughs> and I actually have a history of um, legal complications <laughs> of, of. because we had, a, we had we had a band. Uh, we were we were in a couple of bands together, and one was called the band was called Ghastly, but we changed the name to uh, Ghastly Indiana. Would you like to tell everyone why?
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, because because uh, a dubstep DJ threatened us with legal action. Um, because because they had already claimed the name DJ Gasly, which is obviously uh, indistinguishable from Gasling, Indiana, and like it's it's absurd because obviously the solution that you come to in those situations is you call yourselves by your region or location, like that's just what happens. Like we're, we we played with um, uh, in 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 what was that? It was probably Winter Mute, which also like there's nine bands called that. And, and there was no a one DJ there. there.
0: There Right, there was, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was a there was also a dubstep yeah.
1: DJ there.
0: <laughs> I also feel like that's been been a universe. you know having been in like and they've been in the music for long enough, there just has always been Bands and DJs with the same names because there's yeah, just yeah. not enough names. So, if it's yeah. like there could be a goth band called this, there yeah. could be a metal band called this, yeah, there yeah. could be yeah. a pop punk band called this. You just don't like cross, you don't, you don't, you can't just say, I'm. And if it's like, oh, if it's like a word, right? Yeah, the more well, yeah, words you it, add, it, the more. <laughs> <laughs> like, Green Day would be, you know
1: Yeah, 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 yeah But, like, yeah, but there's a million bands called Green Yeah Like, for obvious reasons And, like, yeah, yeah or, or, like, One of the things that's really nice about, like, DIY punk Is that they just clearly don't give a shit And so, like, you just you just name Like, everyone's got the same name And it's fine Yeah It's just, It just doesn't matter Belt. Um Yeah, right There's a million of them yeah. And everyone's just like, yeah, cool It doesn't matter Yeah Yep it's it yeah yes yeah, so that this dubstep DJ was very very <laughs> silly, um, <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, but he but he has so far not taken the the vast wealth that uh, belongs to Ghastly Indiana uh, mm. in any legal action. Well, we, um, well, we
0: changed our name <laughs> to Ghastly Indiana, and then we were right, right right. Then we were asked to that we were told that wasn't good enough, and then. We sent a list of because there's never any actual. It was just emails back and forth. There's never actually any yeah, legal yeah. action. But oh, I, but, I, I thought
1: I thought you got a, uh, I thought you got an email
0: you, from a lawyer. Uh, you got a, I got a letter from an agent or a someone, I got a uh, I got a letter. I got an email from someone saying that they represented right, right. this artist. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, had this exchange of and was just like, sure, we'll change our name. We change it to this. And he yeah, yeah. said that's not good enough. Um, yeah. and and we sent a list of bands, like there's yeah. Blink One Eighty Two, there's Yeah, yeah. The, the London Suede. There's a bunch of bands yeah, exactly. all, all situations yeah. where the the latter band that had the name second actually wound up being the more prominent band. And we know right. these, <laughs> we know these bands by their names that were their second yeah. name that yeah, yeah. but they already had at least enough of a following. Um,
1: Gasoline Indiana is a better name, anyways. It it's was. like
0: Dinosaur Junior. Dinosaur
1: Junior is a better name than Dinosaur. Yeah, di- it's like Dinosaur good Dinosaur they be got a terrible sued.
0: band.
1: Yeah, but like, yeah, it's good that they got you know cease and desisted. Dinosaur Junior, Jr. Jr. Like good band. It's fine I, fi- recent- fi I have band. I I I have recently become obsessed with them. I never listened to them. Uh, one of my like a person I was in a band with in Minneapolis loved them, and I did not understand it even a little bit. Um, But I found this live recording on WKXP um, uh, of them from like 2012, playing a song off their first album, Forget the Swan. And uh, I've listened to that about uh, 1,300 times in the last year. I just like listened to it on a loop. Uh, It's so good. And from there, I've slowly like found enjoyment in more of their music. Uh, cause yeah, I didn't understand them at all, but like these recordings, re-recordings they've done or live recordings they've done of their old stuff. I'm like, oh, I actually get this. So yeah, I, I, I am as of, I don't know, like this year, I would say I'm a fan of
0: Dinosaur Jr. There you go. Long journey. <laughs> yeah. It well, took a while. Well, well, uh, I asked you to submit a few topics and, yeah. and, and the, the one I chose for us to focus on today is one that. Uh, we, that we both have a long relationship with. Some s- yeah. s- for the listeners, some episodes I'll probably just do something I've never heard of with someone. But since I've known Mark yeah. for a while, this this is a topic that uh, we've talked about a lot um, and is quite <laughs> quoted for, for us in our friendship. But but we've never quite dove in this far back. I feel like um, yeah. with with this particular artist, so. Uh, we're doing, I th- I, th- I think, the Albini-verse. Is that the topic? It's the <laughs> Albini-verse. It's, okay, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. Big Black. It's shellac. It's that uh, other band in between those that we won't say the name of. Yeah. Um, right. uh, but it sounded a lot like both these. They all sound the same. Um, but uh, they just had – They, <laughs> they kind of do. Yeah, right? they all kind of sound the same. And we'll get into that as well. But um, talking about Steve Albini talking about Big Black to start off with. Uh, Martin, do you want to tell the audience, um, in in your opinion, in your assessment, who is Steve Albini? What is Big Black? Give your, give your uh, m- little bi- 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 biography.
1: Oh, oh wow! Uh, okay, <laughs> just, just a little one, the the the, the, the
0: bite size.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, Steve Albini is a a Gen X weirdo uh, <laughs> who. Mm-hmm was for much of his career uh embodied the the duality of that Gen X alt punk weirdo meaning that he simultaneously had enviable and uh and and admirable uh like uh, aesthetics and reprehensible politics and not reprehensible in the way you'd expect it's not like he was like like some fucking screwdriver thing where he's like. <laughs> mm-hmm. In fact, it was it was the it was that gross Gen X apolitical mm-hmm. uh, nonsense that I think actually ended up being. No, I'm not going to say it's more poisonous than like the outright <laughs> fascist or anything, but uh, it has been really insidious. Um, and like that's I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now I'm already getting into the, the the meat of it, but like yeah, that's I I, I can't not uh Steve Albini yeah. he he's 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 a musician he's a producer mm-hmm. uh he's a he's a, a writer a a manifestoist um uh and and yeah and the distillation of in some ways gen x like alt
0: punk culture yeah and then and and that yeah because and at the same time just i think very influential musically i think on oh, yeah. on on Mo- a noise most, rock? most weird, yeah. M- a lot of weird musicians. I mean, you're you're gonna find very few um, people who are I- in sort of experimental music scenes who are just yeah. gonna say I don't like anything Albini ever did. Yeah. Also oh, produced yeah. in utero by Nirvana. Produced the That's right. first yeah, Pixies yeah. album. So as a yep. as a producer has had this prolific sort of probably any right. any sort of indie rock or whatever fan. Yeah, has loved. You, you've something. You've heard his words. Yes, has yeah. loved something like adored something that he's put his ha- hand on, and at the same yeah. time, that production style is sort of a um, pr- projection of his apolitical. You know, he like yeah. his strongest yeah. political yeah. opinions yeah. are yeah. for a while. I think he's chilled out, yeah. so I want to give some credit. Yeah. It seems like he's chilled out on this, but for like thirty years, his strongest yeah. opinions were about production and what is good yeah. or bad production yeah. while also sort of maintaining this kind of you know art is about nothing art doesn't need <laughs> to be about you know I know
1: yeah yeah it's wild yeah I'll say too like he actually so another thing i've become obsessed with recently um like i kind of liked it when it came out but i'm now obsessed with is um is the wedding presents sea monsters
0: mm-hmm.
1: which he produced yeah. uh, or you know or, uh, he doesn't produce things he, he engineers them so like whatever <laughs> he's a but, um, hey, he's a plumber musical plumber <laughs> yeah yeah this strong going to that strong but he's like yeah yeah i don't produce like pr- producer is, is is a label it doesn't make sense i just hang back and record what happens in the room and like all right whatever buddy um but yeah that album sounds amazing i love everything about about the wedding present, sea monsters yeah um it's it's yeah, I again, talking about things that I listen to obsessively. Like, it, I listen to it, that album about 170 times in a month,
0: you know? And and we'll take it back in a minute to sort of w- 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 our origins with, with, this, with uh, this artist. Yeah. But yeah. but just one thing on that is just a way that... It, it's clear that that production method, that philosophy serves Steve Albini as an individual. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the, the issue is broadcasting it as some sort of moral uh, <laughs> moral yeah, almost yeah. ethical conundrum of like like yeah. th- this is the right way to do things and the way that yeah. also echoes through like well people yeah. people make these choices for different reasons and some of these reasons yeah, are social political yeah. and some of them are yeah. are cultural and you know his issue with like yeah. house music and anything like yeah, yeah. electronic you know yeah. was was Maybe not in his heart, racist and chauvinistic and homophobic, (laughs) but it but it does become a a a thing of. But why does this music feel foreign to you? It feel like not music because people are using things to make it that that are real. Like samplers are real. Like you don't you don't like them. That's fine. But like to say this is real and this isn't real. Yeah, you you constructed a room with a floating. Uh, uh, floor so you can, yeah right uh, the yeah. Kentucky yeah. room so that you can yeah I believe it's called so that you can get the perfect drum sound that's that is a technological marvel yeah so is yeah. a sampler so it's uh, right yeah and they both get the perfect drum sound
1: yeah yeah so yeah so, so the, the the whole thing is that he 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 went on a lot of a lot of screeds over the years, and so like he was on the internet early, and one of the things he was doing on the internet was like was like yelling at people about um, yeah about how you have to record everything to tape um, so that it will remain for posterity. Um, and you need to record everything um, just like live sound in the room, that that is the only true way to represent the band. And on one level, like, as you said, like, it made sense for him because he said, like, what I want to do is I want to get out of the way and just document the band at this moment. Mm -hmm. And I want to do it in a way that will be um, legible kind of forever because there's the possibility that this band will not be known or even heard until after everyone in the band is dead right and like later they'll be rediscovered yeah. by some weirdo and that person you know and and that person who rediscovers them years later that band deserves to be heard in the way they wanted to be heard as they played in that moment which is like this beautiful awesome thing that i think really speaks to like the responsibility of an underground musician an underground artist of an underground scene. Like, you know, do you, you have taking the obligation that you need to document something that is not going to be recognized as great in its own time, but might be influential later is like really cool and really great and really admirable. And, and on some level is deeply political. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it allows for things to be recovered and discovered, um, years later in a way that lots of marginalized communities like do all the time. Like that, you know, this kind of like, Oh damn, I didn't know this person existed, but I found like their weird, like zine from 30 years ago. And now they can be, you know, their work can be known later. So like that, that makes a lot of sense, but yeah, he then took it to this level of arguing that everything that isn't doing that is inauthentic. And, and like, like I said, Mm -hmm. when I say he's like this, this pinnacle Gen X figure. Like... It was so wild how, like, all these all these old Gen X punks were obsessed with authenticity. It was, like, yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. Um, and what that ended up meaning for him was that, right, you had to perform like, and we're kind of caricaturing this. I, you know, he's nuanced it a little bit. But a lot of the rants came out as, like, if you're not a band performing in a room with no post-production, like, you're doing it wrong. And you're some kind of artificial um product and that directly you know saying that in nineteen eighty nine, right? When like <laughs> when like black music mm-hmm. uh is all about sampling mm-hmm. again, it's hard for that not to be political too.
0: Yeah. Um, and just try <laughs> to try to make a beat. Go <laughs> yeah, try yeah, yeah, to yeah. do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then tell um, me yeah. then tell me that like that yeah. isn't music and isn't work and is is, yeah. is any any easier than Learning to play another instrument Yeah, it's just right, It yeah. doesn't make It's not grounded in reality And, and then it's also Yeah You know
1: And, and at, Yeah, at the time it was You know, it felt weird to me at the time But like Now Now that I am a I am a <laughs> I, I am I am certified by by the state to to make claims about things like this. Um, it's also part of like a longer history, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, as as a as a certified cultural studies scholar, um, I've got you know th- th- this this was happening in the '70s. Like in the '70s, uh, in New York City, both punk. And disco were happening at the mm-hmm. same time in different parts of the city, and there are both these cult- countercultural things, but one gets sort of canonized as, as art, right? Punk and art really got um, had this, this, this interesting relationship where punk really gets legitimized as like the avant-garde, whereas disco is is just, just forgotten and, like, and, and becomes the enemy of, like, again, punk authenticity. And, you know, is it coincidence that it was mostly queer and non-white people doing disco? <laughs> like, probably not. Yeah, not. Uh, uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's—he's he, participating, and he might not—well, okay, I have thoughts about that, too, what he, what he had responsibilities to know at the time. Sure. But, like, you know, th- that particular history, maybe not, but there's things that he needed to know. And if we want to talk about his, like, later years— um, I have some strong feelings about what he should have known when.
0: Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Well, let, 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 let's get into that. Uh, but but first, let's back up a little bit, and I want to hear about you know since we're talking a little bit about nostalgia on this podcast, what, yeah. what's the first time you heard Albini? Because obviously, yeah. we, we you don't have opinions about something like this unless you've yeah. listened yeah. to it a lot. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what? what, yeah, what Right. <laughs> what, when? When or what was your introduction? Well,
1: so so the first stuff I heard that he did, I didn't even know. I, I'm almost sure, sure. That the first the the first work of his that I, I heard was Helmet's uh, album in in the meantime. Mm. Um, I'm I'm sure that was the first work I. So, so he recorded that. Uh, re-recorded and mixed parts of that album yeah. um, And as a So in high school I was into like um, Pretty mainstream Well, not quite mainstream But like I was into like Slayer and Metallica And Megadeth So like that kind of uh, thrash Yeah The and metal stuff
0: the, the big four, yeah
1: Yeah And, and so like I, I started high school in 92 So like grunge was barely a thing um, But by the time I graduated it It, it was like the thing And so Helmet was this kind of like, it was a thing I could hear on the radio because no one was playing Metallica or Megadeth Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. Slayer on the radio. Um, So I could hear, I could hear it on the radio, but it was also heavy, you know, Um, Helmet. It it was, you know, I don't know. And so Albini produced uh, that album, uh, their second album, their first kind of big album. And I just thought it sounded incredible, even though it wasn't like heavy and thrashy, quite like... um, you know the bands I was super into. It just sounded incredible, and it mm-hmm. wasn't until years later that I realized, oh yeah, that was an Albini album.
0: Yeah, awesome.
1: And so, yeah, th- th- but the first time I like knew what I was hearing was in college. Um, I was I was hanging out. I don't even know how I met Jeff, but <laughs> my buddy Jeff. Um, I I I don't even know how I met him. Probably he just like wandered up to me. Um, while I was outside and started talking to me, I'm almost sure that's what it was. Um, have we talked about like how, um, like (laughs) mad and neuroatypical people just find each other?
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, you, you have to, I I feel like in social situations, yeah, it is always just, you know, who's, who's standing outside not talking to someone for two hours. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You just like, you just like smell them and you're like. Hey, buddy.
0: (laughs) Are you okay? I see you brought a dog to this bar. Do you also not like being around people very much?
1: Uh, It was weird though, because like, as I think about it more and more, so this is like one of the things. Here's a side rant, okay? Like, one of the things about like neuroatypical communities in particular is that. A big part of that is like – has been like normalizing introversion, Um, you know, like like support for like not wanting to hang out with other people a lot. And one of the things that I find difficult about that whole thing is that like I need – I need extroverted, neurotypical people because I need – because I actually do like – I – I I need to hang out with people. I need to Mm -hmm. kind of regularly. And I need it to be like, like in-person hangouts are like the reason I don't collapse. And so Jeff was like one of these people, I think is like one, like me, like a rare extroverted neuroatypical person.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh,
1: And, and like, and like multiple, you know, madness kind of person. So like, uh, (laughs) um, yeah, so it was, it was, it was great. Like he just came up and talked to me. um, I have no idea what he said. And he was like, you know, he, he like looked like a, um, like he, he wore like the, 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 the beanie and like the, you know, like band t-shirt with a long sh- shirt under it and like not jeans, but like, you know, dress, dress slacks that were like really dirty. Um, like, I don't know. I, I like, I don't even know how to describe the style because the thing is like, it was like quintessentially like this, like Grunge punk style in the 90s But it's not the thing that got brought back Every time grunge has come back
0: mm-hmm. It's on a flannel like, shirt around the waist
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah, there's no flannel involved um, it, it was, yeah, it was just this other thing That was immediately recognizable in the moment But like didn't become iconic um, But anyways, yeah it, But I also had very little experience with that culture I had no idea what he was doing um, n- None of us kind of knew what punk or grunge or any of that culture was because we were all like from the Midwest and like nerds and didn't quite like plug into any of that. This is all a very long digression. The point is that he randomly came up to me and started talking to me. And like I had played in a bad thrash band. And so I think we probably talked about playing music. And like the only band I had, I had tried to play with in in college so far was this hippie kid who's obsessed with the band live. And I was like, all right, man, whatever, let's, let's try it. And like, I wasn't into it, but Jeff, um, basically just like started finding me places and being like, we should hang out. (laughs) And like, we would just wander around campus and talk, um, like for hours and hours. And we also didn't drink or, or, or use uh, recreational drugs. So that meant that we were like some of the only people awake at four in the morning because <laughs> everyone else <laughs> had passed out or was like hooking up. Um, and we weren't doing either of those things. So we just wandered around campus and we started doing um, – um, we, we started like at literally late at night just going into one of the lounges in the dorms and like just like listening to albums. And so we listened to like Black Flag, uh, who I didn't know very well, or um, Dead Kennedys. Jeff was obsessed with the Dead Kennedys, but the other band he loved was Big Black. And so we listened to Pig Pile, their live Mm -hmm, album, mm -hmm. um, and like, yeah, like, over and over again at, like, you know, starting at midnight. Because, again, the study lounge was abandoned at that point because everyone was at a party or passed out or hooking up. And so we just, like, listened to music really loud. Um, And Pig Pile was one of the ones that – it it was his favorite. He loved it. He loved Pig Pile. Um, And so – but uh, the other thing, though, is, like, very quickly – uh, the, the there was like the i, I had questions about it <laughs> yeah because so the liner notes for pig pile have like weird rants in them
0: for um, all the like, albums yeah
1: right but it, like it, for pig pile it,
0: for the audience it's a it's a thing they did yeah. Where Which I love. Where you yeah, and I, I've stolen this. I've done right? yeah, I've, exactly. I do this. I don't it's I don't so put good. lyrics to my songs. Exactly. Um, so instead of having the lyrics to the songs, there'd be some weird little just whatever it made Albini think of, he just wrote exactly. there. Yeah. So if the album it's was so about good. tacos, he wanted put tacos, tacos, tacos. He'd put. Yeah. Sometimes I like lettuce, but sometimes there's ketchup <laughs> on it, and uh, we're we're going to hell in a handbasket, or so it would yeah. be. It yeah. would be just some sort of slightly unhinged seeming. Yeah. Um, Two sentence rant that seemed like a baby had something to do with the song.
1: It's so good too. It's like I, I just. That's one of the things. So, like I said, I was really conflicted by it because, right? Because it's so cool. That is like just mm-hmm. the best thing because you're like you're, you're giving the reader something, but you're not explaining it too much to them. You're you're giving them an additional window into like what what the song means for you as an artist. and It's so good. It's I, I mean I, I just love it and and I'd never seen that before. Um, and so he's got these little rants about all the songs. And one of the songs Jeff liked more than anything was passing complexion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, That
0: one's on there
1: because it's a really good song. It's, it's, it's like noisy. It's mostly played with harmonics. Um, but it's still heavy and wild. And so, and so Jeff is white. Um, uh, <laughs> and, and it was the nineties. Um, and so, he he liked the song um, and was I, I mean I, I don't want to say anything bad about Jeff because again it was the 90s and like we things were different um, but um, uh, yeah so passing collection the little rant I have it here so so part of one of the things I did like while I was listening was I like read all the liner notes and like the liner notes were nowadays we call we, we can see talk show panels comprised of people who have to tell people they're black because they're pale don't look like they're the black archetype and therefore miss out on all the racism they're entitled to. If someone can be black by proclamation, then the term is meaningless now as it was in the 1920s. Which is an interesting provocation. Um. <laughs>
0: yeah. It, it's, it, and I have the liner notes from the, from the album um, Atomizer. Yeah, that's from, and he wrote a different rant. Oh, and it I don't says, remember that one. Yeah, in certain circumstances, a man could prefer to lose his entire heritage when another more comfortable one presents itself. Especially if he plays piano. Especially if it's 1926. Um, and then says <laughs> something about what the guitarist wanting to play the song two octaves higher, which is what you just noted is yeah, yeah, what makes the yeah. song good. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. but. Yeah, and, and that, that little rant ties into what you were just saying about him playing into a whole it's, – it's just very interesting for him to observe that
1: yeah, and then
0: yeah. not observe it, it, that he yeah. has – that he's playing a role in that in yeah, modern yeah. music at the time. I mean he's probably like twenty-two when he writes yeah, this but I was gonna say to be yeah, fair. We,
1: we, we, but... we got a, a white teenager from Montana with his hot take on like <laughs> c- centuries of racial identity for black people. But it's, it's apolitical. Like, well so that's the thing, right? So this is what I mean about like it being like eighties and nineties. Uh or you know, okay for 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 like for like my buddy to like say I love this song and not think this was an issue. Um like now, a 22-year-old reading that, I think, is, like, culturally equipped to go, that's fucking gross. Like, <laughs> or, like, we don't need your hot take on this, uh, uh, you know, Steve. Like, a 22-year-old now would, in, in fact, would just immediately be like, fuck you. Like, you know, but that wasn't really, like, the cultural environment of the, of the mid-90s. And so most people kind of consuming this, I don't think like I wasn't really prepared to figure out what was fucked up about it as a person who is like not, who's sometimes not recognized as black. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, there's parts of it that are like interesting. Like he, he's, he's on some level deconstructing race. You know, if, if, if you've black by proclamation, then the term is as meaningless now as it was in 19, 1920s. Okay. Like, Right, social construction of race, cool, but like this is the most irresponsible (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, approach to it. Also, the the lyrics of the song are like half about this, and half about um, about uh, Thomas Jefferson's like (laughs) uh, um, like children he had with like enslaved people he raped, and how. Like he would let even his, you know, white children be nursed by the black women. It, it, like again, interesting thing to be talking about in the eighties. Like that wasn't really a, a well-known and like popular topic in, for another twenty years. But also, like, what? Like, <laughs> why, why is why is this dude like offering his opinion on it? <laughs> I we I I was not familiar with the with the phrase "stay in your lane" then, but like that's <laughs> that's a hundred percent what this man needs to do. Um, so yeah, I don't know, like like that that was my introduction to to Big Black was immediately going. This is maybe the coolest music I've ever heard, and also what the fuck is happening here?
0: <laughs> it, it's also such aesthetic music that yeah, you yeah, could yeah, yeah. your that song could have been called taco 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 and right, and we right, would right. still and yeah. they would probably still have issues um but <laughs> so, so i don't know hamburger 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 um, but, it, it, the, the, but the song could have been about what he ate for lunch and it would be as interesting of a song because if you listen to the song you don't know it's a sort of music where you don't really know what he's saying you like yeah. No, and so you look at the liner notes to see what he's saying, and you see a weird rant about his opinion on race instead.
1: His Their most famous song, Kerosene, mm-hmm. um, the liner notes of Pig Pile. I remember—oh, let me—I'll find them again. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, he, he talks about—I don't know. Whatever. There's some random ranting. But then he says the lyrics were, were an afterthought. Actually, uh, and originally—I'm uh, sorry— The lyrics were an afterthought, actually, and were originally about either race car driving or frog gigging. I forget which. So, like, their most famous song that's just all about small-town ennui and destruction wasn't even about that. Like, the lyrics the fact that he thinks the lyrics about that, or he says the lyrics about that were an afterthought. Like, I assume that's the case for all of his songs. Mm-hmm. The lyrics are kind of an afterthought or they're, they're like really, um, like, like almost surreal level, like stream of consciousness stuff. So yeah, he doesn't need, he doesn't need to have a hot take on, on, on like multiracial identity.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, and, and, and especially he doesn't need to share that take if it's off the cuff. You know? Right,
1: right, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, you know,
0: exactly. if, you, if 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 you if you you know spend a lot of time and develop an opinion, it might be a wrong opinion. Yeah. But you know, yeah, you can totally. start a discourse and see. you yes. know Well uh, considered, because I I never want to say that no one should try to learn. Right. You oh know, no. Sti- of course. The sti- I Alvin could course. try to learn and have a discourse, but he shouldn't. Um, yeah. He yeah. should definitely not be presenting this. <laughs> Yeah, over well, over you know his his uh, you know role in drum machine as he just like screams <laughs> and plays guitar. It's not the uh, it's not the place to to say hey, is this a you know?
1: It's, it's, it's is this it's, what's it's, happening? It's yeah. It's just politically irresponsible, right? It is. And like this, this was one of the things. This was also, I think, like part of that '80s and '90s kind of thing. Like, like I was talking about with authenticity, is you had a lot of artists who would talk about how like. They weren't writing the songs, like the songs were like, were like channeled through them and stuff. And people still talk like that, but it was like a really big deal in that moment too. Yeah. That, um, like Tori Amos, all right. Also very popular when I was in college would always talk about that. Right. And so, um, and, and so like they would defend the song as like, I didn't write it. It was like, these are just the words that had to be there. Um, which I fully appreciate. Um, I, I'm way into automatic writing. I'm way into divination as, like, artistic, the artistic merit of it. I'm, I, you know, I, I'm way into, like, surrealism and situationism. So, like, I get it. But then there's people like Nick Cave who use that to defend, like, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, lyrics uh, with, like, all kinds of, yeah, like, slurs and stuff in it. Who's like, well, that's how the song spoke to me. And, like, what am I going to do, destroy the song? Like, I don't know, motherfucker, maybe. <laughs>
0: it, yeah. And there's also a, you know, stream conscious or not, there's a long history of certain artists saying, oh, this like horrible thing this person is doing in this song is just, it's completely fictional and exactly, I have nothing exactly. to do with it. Yeah. And then 10 years later, it turns out... um no, they did that thing. The song was about them doing that thing, but because it was very clear too, right? at the time that the song was about them doing That's that true thing. True too. Yeah, um, I totally so, yeah. So, yeah. which, um, which and, thankfully
1: doesn't seem to be the case with Albini. But yeah, yeah. Like, there's good reason to be like really, really scared of that. Like as a listener, <laughs> you know, yeah. as a listener who's part of any kind of marginalized it, community, to be like, uh, okay, this makes me feel bad and unsafe. Mm-hmm. So like. <laughs>
0: what I thought of in my first experience with Albini was so uh, a, a similar, but different college experience where we went to a record store. Cause that's what you did. And this yeah, is like 2007. So it's a little later, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. a little later, <laughs> uh, but it's like my first couple semesters of college. Um, yeah. I have some friends I have, I, I was dating someone at the time and their characters in this story. So I'm hanging out with my friends and we go to the record store and i find this album and uh it's called lungs and mm-hmm. i'd never yeah, heard yeah. of it before but yeah. i you know someone had been like a, you know i don't even remember who but someone was like oh you should check out this band and then this um oh yeah i think i think the, my friend ingrid one of one, one of her friends had visited it was really in the big black and admission. Nice. Yeah. So I was like, oh yeah. yeah, and this and this album's really cheap for some reason. It was cheap because it's an E P. <laughs> but it yeah, was right. yeah. but um so I got it, I brought it back, um, and I didn't have a record player. Um, but my kind of straight laced person I was dating girlfriend at the time yeah. did have a record player. So yeah. we so we um you know, we were like eighteen, nineteen we right. we went to her room while she was studying to to use like it was one of those like from Target or Walmart yeah, where it's yeah. like built in speakers and everything. Oh, yeah, and, like yeah, not yeah. really a good needle. So like yeah. but but this but like this, kinda this,
1: perfect for listening to this album.
0: It, exactly. And this person in <laughs> for a dorm room. It was like a dorm yeah. room, um uh yeah, this this, this person really like The Beatles had like a family connection to the Beatles and had had brought all the Beatles albums. So it's like that's why, you know, they were important to her for reasons uh, that we don't need to get into on a a podcast. But (laughs) she liked the Beatles. She had uh, a um, record player and um, we were like, can we listen to this on your record record player? Wow, we study, quote unquote. (laughs) Um, And so we were studying and we went... um, to listen to this and I had never used a record player in my life <laughs> and also I thought I knew oh. like I I wasn't I I was I completely oblivious say. I knew what a 33 and 45 were yep. but I did yep. not know that they made yep. 45s that were yep. big yep. yep and so yep. I put yep. this 45 on yep but I thought it was a 30 so I didn't change anything I just it's yep. a record how do you play it and I, I put it on yep. and uh, probably scratch a record or whatever <laughs> uh, in the process because I didn't yep. know what I was doing, and yep. I put down the needle yep. and I heard you, you know Steelworker is the first yeah. song on that yeah. album, ah, so and good. instead of yeah. instead of Great Big Thing crawling all over me, I heard <laughs> Great Big Thing crawling <laughs> all over me, and it was like kind of an industrial sludge EP, right? And we I listened the to the entire thing, thing. yeah. Yeah, And then later, I realize, like, yep. I like I think we listened to, like, maybe one side, and on side yep. two, we were like, wait, is yep. this how it's supposed to be? Yep, um, yep. Oh, it's not, it's... and it's very different. But I do think yep. that the reason I bring it up <laughs> is because I think it's funny, and it's funny to make fun of myself for not knowing how to use a record. Totally. And I did also, exactly the same thing. Also, yeah, I feel like it's a re- hopefully a relatable experience, but also, <laughs> I cannot listen to Anything Albini does without hearing that sort of intensity, yeah, yeah, even though it's not there.
1: Oh, I see, yeah, 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 yeah because yeah, it, yeah. W- w-
0: which I do sort of like, which yeah. to me is just an interesting thing of like, it yeah. doesn't really matter how pure, right? My, which, like, first off, why are you using purity? Is like, a, right, a, yeah. that's not a good road, my friend. No, uh, no, but, no, no. Uh, but my friend Steve <laughs> Albini, it's not a good. Um, road to go down Uh, but Uh, but um, but the fact that like for me as a listener like you know he 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 made this in the 80s he wanted to sound a certain way yeah it was very important to him and then and he did and and it's what Lungs is one of the only albums he's like I did a shitty job producing that right Um, right I don't like it but me hearing that yeah slowed down Affected yeah, how right? I hear all his pristine production exactly, exactly. for the rest of my life, exactly. and so it's not really. And maybe that's how everyone's brains work. Maybe that's just how my <laughs> brain works. But for me, in my specific case, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it. it there's so much in the ear of the beholder that, oh, like, exactly. why are you so worried about if it's right or wrong? Just do yeah, it. Yeah, but it's just yeah, very. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a very and and probably what the answer is is that. Or, in answer, it could be that he has some sort of neurotypicality going on and uh, and production is is his special interest and he's really (laughs) dived into it. And I don't want to, but, and anyone can have a special interest or sort of strange relationship to a topic. I was totally
1: going to, I I was just thinking that exactly, exactly that moment, going like this, because as I was saying earlier, like, you know, we kind of seek each other out. And like, yeah. yeah this whether whether, yeah. It, it feels weird to like diagnose someone, but like, <clears throat> a lot of his aesthetic has like, yeah, that kind of neurotypical energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, totally. I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And just sort of the the because you know like I I have found in my life that I have to, um, like I I, I have to struggle a lot with with. I, there are things that do not matter that I have very strong opinions about. Right,
1: right. <laughs> and 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 I have found myself at several
0: times being like yeah, I I do think the desk needs to go there and that's the right, only right, place right, it right, can right, be, right, but it right. doesn't matter and it's okay right. if I'm wrong. Yes. Yeah. It's the the right. yeah. if I'm if it's it's okay if I'm wrong. And I know we've yeah. we've we've done like you know, songwriting and production yeah, together. Yeah, so we've yeah, we've dealt yeah. with this a lot before too. Yeah. Where it's oh, like, yeah. I absolutely know it should be this way, and right, I'm also right. okay if I'm if it's right if that is wrong. And I think right. that 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 can be a journey. Yeah, yeah. In totally. neurotypicality, to realize yeah. like yeah like the things I hold dear can can be wrong or in conflict with with other people. Right. And as long as I don't make it a ethical opinion it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't, right, yeah. it doesn't matter if I always think that a snare should sound like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like a fart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like
0: that could be my opinion, but as long yeah. as I'm not going to force it on anyone else, right. then right. it doesn't really affect right. anyone because it's a pretty yeah. trite opinion.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And, and yeah, I think, you know, I have those opinions about music like a lot. Like I, I always t- like, all right, two things. One, um, changing tempo, like a song oh, that yeah. like spe- you hate it I, I it annoys the crap out of me at the same time most of my not most but a lot of my favorite songs do Yeah. Like, and so so this is this is another thing like having those very strong opinions having that just like again just like aggressive um <laughs> commitment to something yeah um a thing that's really helpful with that is recognizing all the places where it just like it turns out it literally doesn't matter like mm-hmm. oh i actually like Uh, uh, on uh, Sea Monsters, like uh, um, uh, uh, Corduroy, like the big hit off that song, off that album. Just the the verse just, uh, or I'm sorry, the chorus just, there's a stop and it speeds up. And like, I should hate that, but it's a terrific song. Um, So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like recognizing that this obsession of yours isn't, isn't the moral uh, uh, compass of the universe. (laughs) Also, like again for me helps me sometimes go oh i actually really like it when that rule gets broken um in a way that like yeah if i if i maintained it as like an ethical absolute i would be missing out on big chunks of the world
0: 100% and that is i mean i think that that's a larger metaphor for that's where that's where i think art can be therapy for for real oh, life right yeah. because because oh, yeah. the, because there is you know where there's a there's opinions where yeah i don't I I am not a psychologist. I don't know whether or not we're born with opinions, but right. <laughs> but but I know that we definitely get them very early on from our yeah. surroundings, yeah. and I know oh, yeah. that we we continue to build up wrong opinions, and many of them are more <laughs> harmful than snare <laughs> fart, and right. yeah, and yeah, yeah. it is very very important to uh, be able to admit that that. You were in, uninformed, or stupid, right. or misled, yeah. or whatever yeah. it was yeah. that that was you know often privileged is the word, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. That's yeah. No, not always congruent, but yeah. um, sometimes it it is an identity of uh, identification of certain privilege. But being, but I feel like for m- for me, uh, understanding those things about myself, music was a especially like going back to thirteen, fourteen. Wait, yeah. everyone's telling me this is bad, but I think it's really good.
1: Totally. Totally. Uh, um
0: yeah. even in the punk world of like everyone says yeah. these bands are like too mainstream, but right. these are like yeah. the okay mainstream bands. Right. But I yeah. disagree. I don't really like listening. And and it's yeah. a trite yeah. Yeah. thing. It but is then yeah. it, it breaks your brain a little bit. Exactly. Of like, wait Maybe maybe these other subcultures of music are good too. Maybe <laughs> right? there yeah. is good yeah. pop. Maybe there yeah. is good disco. Yeah. Um, and it, right. oh, and that's yeah. and that sort of. And I grew up listening to disco with my mom, so it's oh, cool, uh, which is weird, but yeah. Um, but just whatever, not just main you know oldies. Of course, of course, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, on the oldies channel, so you listen yeah. to that. So yeah. and it's really good drumming. And yeah. I used to be a drumming centric yeah. listener, so yeah, I yeah, I always loved. I always loved it, but um, so th- th- there were some things I didn't understand at all going into right. being in right. music. Of why do people hate this? Right. But then there were my own biases I had, and it's well, the same in in life where we yeah. There's yeah. some biases we do have. There's some we don't have. Yeah. Um. Th- but but yeah, I think well, it and, can be a helpful metaphor.
1: And well, and that's actually one of the things that was really really cool about Big Black too was that, like I said, I was. I listened to mostly just like thrash metal and the reason I listened to thrash metal is because I thought like a lot of the stuff in like popular, like like, the poison or all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, I bought into the authenticity thing too. Like these guys are like, you know, like, like the, the whole like, um, uh, hair metal aesthetic. I I just thought it was weird. And again, almost certainly like misogyny and homophobia in there. Um, but like, I was like, it just seemed like not serious. Mm -hmm. And so I was almost exclusively just listening to thrash metal And Big Black was one of the bands that was like It was close enough to like that uh, heavy, authentic, quote unquote music but was super different too because Mm -hmm. it was so stripped down and it was and like they were doing like again passing complexion it's all played with harmonics like that's not something like a metal band in general would do right and it was it was really repetitive and it's like oh i actually really like that like i like i like a song that has one or two drum beats the whole time and it's like maybe the same bass riff for five minutes it was just so this was it was one of these things where like it broke me out of a certain uh, aesthetic space, mm-hmm. um, and, and and did open me up to like a lot of other things where like you know where, where I could then listen to like the Melvins and be like oh this is awesome whereas previously I would have just thought oh well this is just sloppy like not aggressive enough metal um, you know it, it, Big Black really kind of opened that up for me which was amazing.
0: Yeah, and I think that yeah, there's a they used to roll in inside of the drum. Yeah, you know, yeah. That was that was a pretty big. Yeah, uh, and and I think and and it, approaching it from but you know you you were a little bit more of a contemporary, right? A little younger, but more of a contemporary yeah, yeah, to the yeah. music happening. Yeah, like, yeah, even, yeah. Even approaching it is like, um, like a decade later, basically was yeah. yeah. Was like, oh wow, this is this is you know, this is a new world. Oh yeah, and like, yeah, oh, yeah. What is industrial music and what right, yeah. and what isn't it and that sort of um those yeah, sort of yeah. things that again can sort of you know that did that it was all very you know, I have like eight Albini albums that have been yeah. at some point people just gave them to me as gifts, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you need and, this. <laughs> you need this. Um and um and like cool stuff too, like an old Racer X EP. You yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. are like, "Oh, I found this and thought you'd like it." Like, yeah. that's, a, that's a sweet thing. And that's it a really is good like, one. Yeah, it's not a, a band I mind being associated with. Right. But yeah. I do always I, I i i i do think it's important to to talk about it with growth. And one thing I wanted to talk about before we move yeah. on to our game <laughs> was was yeah, is there a growth? Isn't there growth? There was yeah. something interesting yeah. you were you were talking about before yeah. about sort of this this sort of um, authenticity yeah and, yeah and I wanted to point out uh, a, a there's a there's a a very good podcast um called life of the record yeah, um, yeah and on life of the record there was the first pixies album there was an episode Oh, produced yeah, that yeah, yeah and um he actually which i one thing I appreciate about him because he's fairly well known like Francis black doesn't appear on that podcast Kim Deal doesn't appear on that podcast yeah, it's yeah. it's the um and I don't know their names but the bassist and the lead guitarist yeah yeah or the dr- no the drummer, the drummer sorry yeah, Kim Deal's yeah. the bassist the drummer and the 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 lead guitarist and then Albini um oh, nice. and they're not with each other it's all right. I yeah, really yeah. like this podcast cuz it's it's all um it it it's kind of like uh stitched together yeah um, yeah uh, biographies about right. like it's a, it's a oral history, oral history kind style. Of, yeah. yeah oral yeah. history style and it's very well done um, they do a good job with the production and and I uh if you if it, yeah I highly recommend it but but um but but Albini was talking about the production of this record um and is talking about all the things that, that he did on the record yeah. um and so like the he the su- he suggested that they record some vocals in in the bathroom and he yeah yeah and 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 they were open to like his input it was their first album so he would give input and then there are some very iconic there's something very very iconic on that record that would become i think kind of a staple on on that kind of a record, yeah, which yeah. was including the banter, yeah, yeah, from with with it, which I think everyone does now, right? Yeah, exactly. Be a song yeah. that starts off with something, and it's not it's not that the artist just said that the beginning before recording the song. It's that maybe they said that two days later or three days before during yeah. the recording sessions, you just, you just and it, it made in. sense yeah. to move it and cut it in, and yeah, so. Yeah. And also the 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 most pivotal thing is that um, a mic cut out. In the recording of "Where's My Mind," yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and looping the whole, like uh, yeah, lo- yeah. looping all that was something he did, and yeah. you know, which is that all just sounds like stuff a producer does, especially <laughs> right. when you think of producer in the context of like pop that we think yeah, of now. Exactly. Yeah, of course, the producer was a. Was a collaborator on the album, but right. he talked about it with the, at the time he had disdain, and, and right. he's talking more reflectively than I've heard him talk before. And this is oh, the cool. podcast, yeah. like from within the last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's talking more reflectively than I've he- ever heard him talk before. Um, and it was it seemed sad about it the whole time, and I had forgotten <laughs> about because I wasn't alive at the whole time. I'd forgotten about that after producing that record. He basically wrote to a, a punk magazine, like a zine right. of some sort, right? Saying that, like, they weren't a true punk band because they had no identity, right? Right, and then the record like blew up and they became like the I I don't know if they said punk or what (laughs) all or whatever they said, but they became you know, inarguably much more influential than Albini, even though, like, (laughs) um, but like, uh, they became a very influential band, they've had like three different. Revivals of popularism. I feel like since well, the yeah. '80s, you know, yeah, they, like they got re-popular when Nirvana cited them. And it, I was gonna you know, say, the, they,
1: they, yeah, yeah. I mean, sensible people credit them with like the like the sound that Nirvana yeah.
0: popularized.
1: Like you know, but, the but loud, quiet, or quiet, loud, yeah.
0: quiet, loud. Like because yeah, you know, they're not the That's first right. to
1: do it, but like they did it in a particular yeah. way, and yeah, it's iconic.
0: But he expressed remorse at like the he that the, 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 the if. It, it was clear, like he even articulates that he was going through the process of, of realizing that the best production for him I see. was that he it, it was a, he felt bad being involved. He right, felt right, like right, right. he had stepped into someone's art and shit right, all over right, it by making right, it into right. his art. Yeah, and he felt bad about that. Which, if that's his boundary. Yeah, that can be his boundary, but then his response was to sort of project that into being something right. bad about them right. that right. they were oh, not. Yeah. they were not authentic musicians because right. they wanted right. input. Right, like it's also <laughs> not bad to want input. Yeah. No, so no. he seemed yeah. to have some reflection that like that had been a shitty thing. Right, um, right. That he yeah. did, yeah. and I thought that was interesting. Like, because again, he, he sounds sort of sad about it the whole time, right? Right. And then he's kind of mentioned at the end that he like regretted writing that letter, and it was kind of a a weird thing to do. Which was which was uh, I've not listened to every interview Albini's ever done. No, I probably won't. <laughs> um, but but was more reflective than I expected him to be, and also. Yeah, like forty-five years later, or something. Right, right. You know.
1: Yeah, and it's so, so like that. That's a real thing about like kind of the last couple of years for him. And so, I, 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 um, at this point, I want to make sure that I'm like not talking about this dude who I've never met, uh, whose music <laughs> I've enjoyed for you know thirty years. But like, yeah. I'm talking about how like what it does to me. Okay, mm-hmm. because in the last um, in the last couple of years, there's been like a bunch of uh i am going to say like mostly dudes, mostly white dudes my age who have been celebrating albini's like turn um t- because he's he's not only talked about how he feels bad about things like that about writing things about the pixies but he's he's also talked about how he feels bad about like or 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 wishes he hadn't um like you know he, one of his bands was like had had a Horrific name, and like he's said, he's got lyrics that are more or less indefensible. Um, again, not, 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 yeah, just again, why, why are you saying this? Um, and and when I say indefensible, I mean, like, even he says, like, yeah, shouldn't have done that. Um, but he's getting a lot of credit from a lot of middle aged dudes who are like oh, it's so great to see someone growing like this. This is what we should all do. We should all, we should all take, <laughs> take, take account of like, the mistakes we made in the past because we've all made mistakes in the past, you know, which, fine, that is good, right? It, it would be cool if a bunch of middle-aged, like, white punk dudes would, would be accountable for the things that they did bad in the past. Um, and Albini making it, like, normal and acceptable for them to do that is great. The issue is that he was a punk journalist in the 80s, like from the 80s until like, like kind of now, right? By the time, but if he's a punk journalist, he absolutely knows who, for example, Lester Bangs is. Lester Bangs is the iconic punk rock journalist, you know, from, from the 60s and 70s. Lester Bangs is iconic. Albini knows who this man is. Lester Bangs, in the '70s, wrote an article called uh, 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 "White Noise Supremacy," which is him reflecting on like all of the bad shit he, per- he participated in, all the racist stuff he participated in. Um, and, and the racist stuff that the punk scene, in the seventies was participating in. So bangs is already reflecting on us going, man, I was making some real mistakes. And what I did by making those mistakes was make the punk scene inaccessible to, to black people. Um, you know, if bangs, you know, and, and, and you can easily extrapolate to like, not just black people, but like, you know, other minoritized people, you know, uh, other marginalized people. Bangs doesn't go there, um, but whatever, like it's an easy step. Right. Um, right. and so like Albini in the eighties, again, has to know who Lester Bangs is. Right. And is still making these mistakes. And so what annoys the crap out of me is like all these people now in 2022 going, Oh, it's so great that Albini like grew and learned, like, you know, what, uh, learned from his mistakes. And like, Motherfucker, people were telling him in 1989 that he was being an asshole. Right. And Lester Bangs had already, like, had this definitive discourse in the punk scene about the damage of this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. giving Albini credit for, like, growth, fine, please do. But don't take him as a role model. I guess that's what I'm saying. Not put right. that on him, but, like putting this on like the rest of us don't make it it's you're not a role model if you ignore women and and BIPOC people and like and like queer people and 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 all kinds of other minoritized people for 40 years and then go yeah I was kind of a jerk like yeah they were telling you that then yeah listen then what has happened so I don't know that uh, you talk he the growth thing is real and it's great and and, it, and it's worth celebrating, I suppose. But I, I fear that people are taking the wrong message as being something like, yeah, I can just be an ignorant piece of shit for like as long as I want, as long as I apologize later. And like, I, no, don't do that. Because what, what you end up doing is making the punk scene inaccessible to people. Or Again, it's not one person's fault, but you contribute to the to the inaccessibility of the punk scene for 40 years. And like there's so there's like entire generations, you know, of 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 bipoc and other you know, marginalized and minoritized punks who were like I don't feel comfortable here. And it wasn't specifically because of one person, but it was this whole aesthetic of like you got to be real. You got to be real in this way. You got to be authentic and you can't like disco and, uh, you have to be okay with like references to like, you know, uh, um, various types of violence, uh, done toward minoritized generally populations and mm-hmm. like, you know, you've got to just be okay with it. And if you're not, fuck you, you don't belong here. And again, it's not his fault. Yeah. anyone's fault specifically but to celebrate someone who ignores those voices for 40 years as the model to follow is Mm -hmm. the wrong lesson exactly that was a rant (laughs) no it's a good rant it's
0: a good rant it's an important one it's kind of what what we're talking about because it's it's all these yes ands right yeah 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 exactly it's there's some uh, very freeing things in, in the, in the musical components yeah, in, and yeah. in certain lyrics, especially when you get later to shellac, there's yeah, some like yeah. more, more responsible, yeah, yeah. um, but totally. still divergent lyrics totally. happening. Totally. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he, they, it's shellacted. Their last record was kind of about manifest destiny and, right? and, yeah. and, 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 I o I don't know if I call it critical, but it seems like considerate like it seems, yeah, it does yeah. it does seem like they're talking about history in a way that's considerate of the yeah, ways yeah. that it was bad right. history, yeah, which might have been his. What he was trying to do from the beginning, but he was bad at it. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Which but but are, you, right? but you have to realize the harm you're doing. If that's exactly. the case, you have exactly. to realize the harm you're doing by being bad at it and yeah. being, yeah, being, a, yeah. being a, in in you know in the in the case of hax, passing complexion, being a white person, right. and writing that song. Right. In the case of um, other songs, it's being a man because there's a lot of there's a whole bunch yeah. of yeah you know we did, we we didn't get in the songs about fucking
1: right um
0: which is okay, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot on there as well yeah um but uh um uh, all the big black records really um but yeah. but uh Wait, and and part of it but, and two- and the but but oh. the but the idea to say that youth youth is when you have shitty opinions and you don't need to grow <laughs> in youth, and then when you turn sixty, you can grow <laughs> like that is yeah um that is wrong, yeah yeah it's there's just outright wrong, there. yeah. And not a good example right. for, you know, it's not the lesson slightly to learn. younger Gen Xers to say, yeah, this older Gen Xer yeah. um, is awesome because he eventually came around after having a lot right. of success. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it, it's, it's the wrong lesson to learn. And uh, I said before even, right, that like, you know, my buddy who like was like, Passing is the best song, wasn't really critical of that song in the way that a 20 year old would be now. So like yeah. that, I, I, and I think that is fair. There is like different cultural technology. And one of the big discourses, and again, Albini points to this, is that like the nineties were this weird moment where we actually, uh, you know, you might not remember it this way, but there was, there was a prominent discourse that like we had won, like, um, uh, 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 uh like conservatism had, had, or, what am I trying to say? Like, like reactionary, you know, ideas and racism and stuff were like over, you know. Like, this was a prominent discourse. So again, mm-hmm. to, to to blame like you know one dude from Montana for like not, you know, seeing through this this discourse is like not entirely fair. Um, so again, I, I want to say that like in the in the moment there was sort of an excuse to be like, yeah, we thought racism was over. Uh, we thought you know we thought everybody was a feminist. So like we could have these misogynistic lyrics. Um, and everyone got that. It was like a joke or everyone got that. We were like making this really like, we're, we were just, um, uh, crudely pushing at like, uh, uh, popular sensibility. Um, like everyone knew that, right. Uh, because everybody, everybody is at, at, at least like a, a centrist liberal. Like that's the furthest right, um, anyone goes Mm -hmm. like that was the popular conception of the nineties. But once again, the issue is that there were absolutely people telling him, telling everybody that that wasn't true. Right. It was the popular discourse, but there were absolutely (laughs) marginalized people saying, Hey, that's actually not right. Uh, I, I guarantee it. Right. If he's writing in punk zines, there, there were a hundred zines, Saying literally the opposite of that—that mm-hmm. that, that were easily accessible—and—and—and uh, and, and, you know, so uh, yeah, th- there is some context that makes it less ridiculous than like if this was all happening forty years later. Um, sure, it's not an excuse, and to say like, "Oh, it was just the times," is bullshit, and to say like, "This is the model we should all follow," is the wrong lesson. Um, <sighs> But yeah, I don't know. Part of part of what's fun about it is that it was it was it is complicated. Just like from the beginning, like I said, my first experience with with this was like this is the best music I've ever heard, and I have some strong feelings about these liner notes.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I think that's probably a common experience. And, you know, if if this is in a place where people can comment, go ahead and comment your. Uh, your thoughts, we'd love – yeah, well, yeah. Ma- maybe we'd love to read them. It depends on what the thoughts are. But uh, but I'll look at them. I can't say I will love them, though. I didn't want to commit to that. Um, but I'll read them um, if, no, I get any, I love, if I get any.
1: I love some percentage of them. Yeah, I love some percentage, depending on how
0: many there are. Um, but, but, yeah, uh, we're going to take a quick break and then uh, ready to play a game, Martin? I'm ready for games. Hey there, thank you for listening to This Song Ruined My Life. While music does have the power to change worlds, this is ultimately a trite podcast about trite things. As such, I'd like to take a moment each episode to encourage any listeners to tune their ears into some of the hard work folks are doing to make our tough world a little gentler. The war in Gaza continues to wreak havoc on the lives of civilians and humanitarians alike. The United Nations General Assembly has adopted a major resolution on the Gaza crisis, calling for an, quote, immediate, durable, and sustained humanitarian truce leading to a cessation of hostilities, end quote. Here are a couple independent organizations that could use your support. Eye on Palestine uh, creates freelance journalism and profit free activism and is a good source of information. Just a warning that the content can be understandably graphic. You can find them on Instagram, Facebook, X, Telegram, and Threads by searching I on Palestine. And you can support them at patreon.com slash I on Palestine. And that's E Y E on Palestine. Sulala Animal Rescue is an organization in the Gaza Strip that helps stray animals. You can find them on Instagram with the handle at Sulala Animal Rescue. That's S-U-L-A-L-A Animal Rescue. And you can support them on PayPal with the handle at HelpStreetAnimals. And we're back with the song Ruined My Life. We're going to play a game, Martin, and that game is called Truth or Square Pusher. Uh, so we're so we're gonna we're gonna guess you're gonna guess i don't know why i'm saying we uh, you're gonna guess whether a title i'm gonna give you a title and you're gonna guess whether it belongs to a memoir so whether it's the title of a memoir or the title of a track from the warp records discography so it's truth or Square Pusher. So you say truth <laughs> if it's a memoir, you say Square Pusher if it's from the warp records <laughs> discography.
1: Okay, this is better than I thought. I thought this was gonna have something to do with the um, the electronic band Square Pusher. Well, um, well
0: <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a Warp Records band, so that's a. I had to force a pun in there. Truth or Square push oh, oh,
1: oh, you, you said Warp Records. I, I heard you say Warp Tour. Okay,
0: all right, uh, Warp Records. <laughs> warp no. Right, okay. No. no, and this is partially my inspiration for this is is to lean into Albini's, uh, you know, in the '80s and '90s pushback against. Music like this. uh, that I think then became the next wave of whatever was the weird music. Totally. But anyways, that's a diversion. Okay. The first title (laughs) is Acid for the Children.
1: Acid for the Children is a... That's a memoir.
0: Memoir? Who do you think wrote it? Uh,
1: Are these going to be musician memoirs?
0: Uh, It's a little... It's a little all over the place. I, tr- I, I I I try to give you a chance, though.
1: Okay, all right. I all try right.
0: to give you a chance.
1: Great, great. Um, acid for the children is a. Um, oh, I I don't even know. Like the easy answer would be like you know Jerry Garcia. That's not right, but we'll, we'll go with it.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I mean I it, I feel like it's thematically similar it's flea from red hot chili Peppers. oh
1: that yeah that's the right answer yeah for sure. and yeah. yes
0: that is it, it that yeah. it is uh it is um it is truth it is a memoir the next one is happy cycling that's
1: that's square pusher
0: yep that's uh by boards of canada from music as the right to children yep <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, back in time Back in
1: Time is um, Truth.
0: Who, who, who do you think wrote it?
1: Back in Time is um, uh, Huey Lewis in the News. Um, it, it, it's obviously a reference to the song from the uh, uh, Back to the Future soundtrack.
0: Um it's SquarePusher. It's uh it's Prefuse 73, Vocal Studies and Uprock Narratives. All right. Um Okay, the next one is readme.text <laughs>
1: I want that to be square pusher. No, I, I want it to be truth, but I, I'm gonna say it's square pusher.
0: Uh who 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 do you think wrote that song?
1: Oh god. <laughs> <Who>? <laughs> I I am not I am not fluent in the uh, in the Warp records uh, <laughs> discography. <laughs>
0: um, I, I thought it looked like an Aphex Twin title. It is it is um Truth. It's Chelsea Manning's memoir.
1: <laughs> oh, is okay.
0: readme.txt which that, does I,
1: make sense. It makes so much sense.
0: So much it makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um and and uh I haven't read any of these. Right. But, um, yeah. I think I'll actually read that one, yeah, yeah. um, after not, doing research for this terrible game not not um,
1: not, not for not not the flea um uh, but. Not first definitely not first um uh, yeah, I mean, um, uh maybe uh, next never? is
0: <laughs> next is um someone is in my house
1: <laughs> okay that, that absolutely sounds like square pusher, um. I, I, I am. I hope this isn't cheating. I'm going to look up a list of of Warp Records artists. Oh no,
0: these are all new. That's not helpful at all. No, it's. Uh, I can tell you from researching this game that they don't make it very easy.
1: Well, although I will say that one artist who might have been on it back then, uh, I, I'd say this is a, from a Brian Eno
0: album. Oh. Yeah, I think he was on there. Uh, It's truth. It's David Lynch's. um, Oh wow! So I didn't know if you'd know that one or not. No, I know you. I know you're a um, devout follower of the cult. of Lynch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next one is uh, called Beatles. B e e t l e s.
1: Oh, just Beatles like like the animals. Okay, that 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 sounds like some. That does sound like some some uh, like IDM shit. Um, yeah. So, like that—that that could be like that could be Autiker, I guess. You know,
0: <laughs> uh, it was Apex Twin, but yeah. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, a few more uh, stitches.
1: Stitches. That is a that is truth. Stitches is uh, let's see, um, stitches is uh, Courtney Love. Uh, it's a reference to doll parts and how those doll parts need to be stitched together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um it is truth. Um it's uh by David Small.
1: David Small? Who's that?
0: Yeah. That, that sounds familiar. Um, <laughs> let's let's find a let's find a biography. This is a weird website. Um an illustrator, this biography is too long.
1: Oh, this guy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a children's illustrator. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, survival.
1: Uh, survival has to be truth. That, that, that's just too much. The name of a biography, um, but it's gonna be by um, it's gonna be by someone who like quote unquote survived like like basically nothing. Like this this is a, <laughs> like, like this would have been the one where yeah this is this is something where I would have thought it'd be like the Red Hot Chili Peppers or something where like <laughs> I don't know like I, although they had they had kind of a bummer of a time with with substance use I guess like that's yeah that's some survival yeah I don't know like. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't want to it, it's popular. I don't want to disparage Taylor Swift, but it seems like she's had sort of a gentle life. Um Right. So like yeah. She put
0: out survival, yes. Yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, survival. Um
1: <laughs> Yeah, so it, it's a biography of Taylor Swift. <laughs>
0: uh it's Nightmares on Wax. Oh. So it's wow. Kirk Pusher. Yeah. All right, all right. Um Okay, two more drunken style.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that is that is uh, truth. That is uh, Mark E. Smith of the Fall.
0: <laughs> it's a square pusher. This one's actually square pusher, and the music is rotted one note. Um, and the last is the German worker.
1: <laughs> uh, oh my God! Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh I, i'm ho- i'm hoping that this is like 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 a marxist illusion rather than like a german nationalist illusion <laughs> um but in either case it could be either <laughs> either an electronic artist or a or, or or a musician um if you really think about it uh german nationalism is the truest form of freedom uh <laughs> I I, I I could see uh yeah um okay this is <laughs> this this is I have no idea I've literally no idea um this is uh um th- this this is uh truth uh it's Blixa a bargeld ein stürzende neubauten
0: it is truth it's by alfred kelly mm. it's a little bit it's a little bit of a a, a cheat because it was publishing working class autobiographies from the age of industrialization. Oh, okay, all right. So, so it was. All right. It was. Um, it was in the eighty seven.
1: All right. All right. Apparently they
0: good. they translated selections from autobiographies. Um,
1: that, that sounds like
0: of 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 uh two generations before World War One. So yes, it's quite it's quite before. <laughs> um <laughs> it's uh, quite before um that's good yeah but, uh, oh yeah and, and but yeah you... no i did but the, the, i thought it looked i chose it because i thought it looked like yeah something edgy <laughs> that someone on exactly or records exactly might, the german worker yeah
1: exactly it, it would be all like fucking samples from laney laney riefenstahl films and stuff <laughs> like yeah being edgy way to go uh, gross yeah okay yeah no no uh if this, is, if this is 19th century German workers, we're talking about like literal like Marxists, <laughs> like like hanging out with Karl. So, all right, yep. good. All right.
0: <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yep, that's the idea. All right. Well, that's a wrap on our game. Would you play it again, Martin?
1: I, I'd play this game again. I recommend it to all future future guests on the show everyone we'll play the game.
0: We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we recycle games or, yeah. or, or 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 the the most research I did was on the game. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean All right, s- well, schemes are where the research goes. Thanks thanks for uh uh being with us today, yeah. Martin. I don't know why I said us, but just me, <laughs> but uh You're supposed to say us. Thanks for being with us. Um, Your podcasts are supposed to be two hours now, and you're supposed to say us. So um, thanks for being with us. And is there anything you want to plug or tell people about the other podcasts you're doing or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I'm doing a show called um, uh, They Did What to What. It's uh, It's really good. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Thanks. Um, uh, Me and a buddy, uh, mostly my buddy, uh, Christina, read Old scientific papers Right now we are doing Old psychology papers And the 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 idea is that People have generally heard of things Like the Stanford Prison Experiment Or um, like Stanley Milgram's Compliance studies Where they gave people shocks um, People have heard of this stuff But most people haven't actually Read the study itself And What's happens in the studies themselves is is often super wild and often sort of contradictory to the popular idea of what's going on. So yeah, we just read old psychology studies and talk about them. It's super fun. So yeah, you can listen to that.
0: Yeah. It's really good. Check it out. It's on uh places where podcasts are. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, thanks thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, Martin. And everyone have a have a day. Bye. Hey everyone, it's Burn Bridges. Thank you for listening to this song, Ruin My Life. This podcast is produced by me, Burn Bridges. If you'd like to hear more podcasts and have some topic ideas, send them over to me in the comments. You can like and subscribe to the podcast, that'll help me know that it's not the worst podcast you've ever heard. Okay, have a good whatever.
1: The time where Burn is peeing. This is the intermission. This is some sounds that Burn will find when they come back to edit.